It's All Access with LMU Baseball head coach Nathan Choate. I'm your host, Jonathan Grace. Each week, Coach Choate will take Lions behind the scenes with the LMU Baseball program, talk about page magic, and upcoming events with the team. Coach, as always, great to have you with us. Thanks for having us. We'll see you. And we have a special guest here today on the podcast, LMU left fielder Julian Berry. Julian, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it. Good to meet you. Absolutely. You as well. LMU Athletics would like to thank University Credit Union for bringing you today's episode of All Access. University Credit Union is a proud supporter of the Lions family. You can visit your local University Credit Union at ucu.org. After a long stint on the road, LMU is coming on home to Page Stadium to play BYU and the Cougars later this week to open up conference play. Today, I sit down with LMU head coach Nathan Choate and LMU left fielder Julian Berry to talk about how this team responds to a loss, what it's like adjusting to a new program, and what it takes to be a leader in college baseball. All that and more on this week's episode of All Access. So without further ado, here's my conversation with head coach Nathan Choate and Julian Berry. So, Coach, we'll start off talking about the four-game series up in Cal. In baseball, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Uh, you guys are wrapping up a tough road trip. You guys went 1-3 and three up in Berkeley in that four-game series. We mentioned before that this team will need to face adversity and adjust to adversity, something you've mentioned before. Uh, so what's the game plan for responding after this tough series? Yeah, you know, we didn't play particularly well. We didn't get any good starts on the mound, and that's where it always starts. Um, I think we're a little bit tired and that's not an excuse, but it just, that is a fact. So today we're taking the day off. The, the cages are locked. No one's allowed on the field. No, no weight room. Um, just kind of taking the day off and getting some rest. So yeah, we got to have a good practice tomorrow and then uh, same thing on Wednesday and get ready for Thursday. So. I know after a loss, sometimes it can be so easy to focus on, you know, what we need to fix and, and things like that. How important is it to sometimes just take that breather a day off to refocus and kind of collect yourself? You know, I think it, it, it's extremely important if the team needs it, right? And so uh, we've played hard all year long. This was the first weekend where I, I don't think we played with quite the same energy. Um, and so I think the bodies are just are just tired. So at this point, I think that's the right thing to do is to just take a break and then get back tomorrow and, and, and work on some things. And Julian, I'll, I'll ask you the same question. You know, what's, what's the plan on your end as a player and from your perspective to kind of respond uh, after a tough series? Um, well, baseball is a, a pretty physically demanding sport and a weekend like that, when, when you sort of get beat pretty bad, sort of reminds you how demanding it is. It's not like football where you're, where you're cracking skulls or like basketball where you're just running up and down the court a bunch of times. And it's that, that mental aspect of the game that, uh, sort of separates, uh, good teams from bad teams and taking this day off today, uh, is going to be big for us, you know, just get our mentals right and get ready for conference play and, and sort of the second chapter of the season that we start this weekend. So it wasn't all bad, though, up in Cal. Julian, talking to you first, uh, you got the scoring going in game one. Uh, you had the single up the middle and you scored first for LMU. Uh, you know, and, and we've seen this team warm up the bats early in a lot of games. How important is that for you, especially behind the plate? Yeah, it's... Uh... It's been fun, you know, just just being in this position and, and you know, being at the top of the lineup. I remember when I was first recruited here, Coach Choate sort of said, you know, you got a shot to be a middle of the lineup guy for us. And I worked pretty hard and uh, ended up where I am now. And, you know, coming from a smaller school, you don't have any as many bats uh, up and down the lineup. But here we got a lot of bats uh, up and down the lineup. And it's cool. Other dudes pick me up. It doesn't, you know, just depend on what one guy's going to do. You know, I got Kenny Oyama in front of me. I got Tommy behind me good freshman players, uh, good back in the lineup. So, so it's nice. 
Well, you've been pretty consistent all season, and you know, along with Kenny, you guys have, have kind of led the way uh, in terms of batting and, and hitting percentage and things like that. What's What's been the key to your consistency with your at-bats? Uh, I'd say it's great coaching. Uh, we got we got a good good group of uh, offensive coaches on the team, and uh, we never get tired of doing drills. And just like I said uh, before, it's that mental game. You know, we're all good hitters. You know, we're all here for a reason, but we train the mental game a lot, and that's why you know we're in this position. So, do you think that mental game and that mental maturity is something that comes with you? You know, being in a more senior standing, and it's something that comes with experience throughout your years in college baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Make me feel old. But um, yeah, um, I've had a lot of at-bats along with uh, guys like Alec Cargan. And uh, I think what we do and the way we approach certain situations and certain at-bats sort of uh, rubs off on other guys. And that's why we have the success we have. Well, Julian, I want to talk about your, your defense as well, because your play in left field has, has been pretty outstanding this season. Uh, 36 putouts, uh, you know, one of the highest batting averages on the team. How do you as a player go about balancing that good offense with that good defense? Where do you put that focus in practice? Uh, just things like uh, reps and BP. And uh, um, now the season started, you don't, you don't do as much defensive stuff, uh, team defense stuff necessarily. But, you know, those 15 to 20 minute individual times, really put a lot of emphasis on that, even if it is just fly balls or field and ground balls, whatever it is. And then you just got to take pride in it. You know, no matter what you're doing at the plate or no matter how your team's doing uh, in the wind column, you got to take pride in your defense and go out there and just bust your ass, you know, every pitch and, and give it uh, the best you can for the team. So. And Coach, I'll turn to you. Uh, you guys had to play a lot of tough defense against this Cal team. In a situation like that where you guys are used to kind of putting the pressure on and, and warming up the bats early, as, as we said, how does that change your approach to the game? Yeah, you know, I think it, it, you know, it's a team game. And so when you're on the road and if you don't score early or if you don't get a good start out of your starting pitcher, it, it puts pressure on one side or the other. And, and either the offensive side feels like they need to do too much or pitching staff feels like they need to be perfect and, and it's a cycle right and so um just kind of feeding off each other i think taking a step back and realizing that you you just need to do your job whatever it is that you're doing at that time you know if you're at the plate you know have a good at bat and put a good swing on the ball if you're playing defense play as good a defense as you can if you're on the mound concentrate on that pitch and make a quality pitch on that pitch and trust your defense so like i said i, I think it's a combination of everything you know when you when you don't play well and you don't get a good start Everything kind of rears its head. Um, winning hides a lot of things. And then when you're losing, everyone's kind of looking around. You see a lot of a lot of mistakes. It doesn't mean we're a bad team. It just means we didn't play good for two days. You know, And so um, we're going to clear it and, and move on to the next day. And Julian, kind of in the same vein, does it place more pressure on you when you're at bat behind the plate when you've been playing a lot of defense early on? Or is it kind of just on to the next one? Uh, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'll tell you the truth. Yeah, the, the, you feel the pressure sometimes. And you know, I feel like in the beginning part of our season, our pitchers did give us a lot of good starts and uh, like, you know, keeping low scoring games, you know, uh, intact. And we had we've had a lot of opportunities to play to drive runners in and haven't had the most uh, success or as much as we'd want. But it's early and we're going to keep working. And I feel like that's something that's going to come like uh, undoubtedly in this uh, in the coming weekends. So looking at the bigger picture of the weekend overall, you guys took the first game in the series 4-3 to three on Friday. Uh, you know How important is it in a three- or four-game series, especially on the road, to pick up that first win and really set the pace for the weekend? Uh, it's probably the most important thing. We've been really good on Fridays, I think. And uh, I thought we had a great uh, great attitude going in Saturday. We had a lot of energy and just didn't go the way we wanted to. You know, We didn't play uh, as, as great as we wanted to, but... Um, 
I feel like we've been stellar on Friday nights and under the lights, and we're going to keep that going. So, yeah. And coach, you guys have been pretty stellar on Friday nights. And as, as Julian just mentioned, what do you think was different, you know, this time out? Was it anything different on Friday or was it something different in that doubleheader on Saturday uh, that kind of changed the pace? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to give Cal some credit too, right? I mean, I, I thought they played well early. Um, they made a push late on Friday and, and Josh Agnew got out of it. And so they got some momentum going into Saturday, even though they lost. They're a good club. I, I think they're a really complete club. I think they have good pitching staff and good position players. Um, so part of it is, like you said earlier, we've been putting pressure on people. Um, I don't know if we played really well. And so when we didn't, they kind of put some pressure on us, what we've been doing. And and so I think some of the credit goes to them and then some of the credit or some of the blame goes to us, right? That we just, we didn't for whatever reason play as well as we're capable of. Um, and now our job is to, like I've told you from the get-go, is, is how we respond to it, right? I mean, it, you go through stretches where this happens. I don't know if I've ever gone through, I know for a fact I've never gone through a baseball season where you don't go through stretches like this. It happens. It's, is, is, it, is it two weeks? Is it a week? Is it two days? Those are the good teams that make it a day or two and then you clear it and you move on. If it becomes a two, three, four week stretch, well, those are the seasons that's, that are a little bit tougher. So uh, we're not going to make it a bigger deal than it is. We, we didn't play good for two days. We're a good club. Uh, we're going to turn the page on it. We're going to get better. Is that something you tell the guys, you know, on the trip home and, and in practice, maybe some of these younger guys who may be fixated on it and, and, you know, kind of are taking it out of perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think that's where experience comes in, right? And, and not just myself, but guys like, like Julian and, and Alec and older players can tell them, like, hey, there's no re- reason to panic, right? We just we didn't play, we didn't play good, right? And you can't, you're never as good as you think you are. You're never as bad as you think you are. You're somewhere in between, and so you know the the consistent baseball players and the consistent baseball teams don't have tremendous highs and they don't have tremendous lows. And so I, I think not only is that echoed by me and our, and our coaching staff, but I think the players too, the, the veteran experience, um, that's where you can really lean on that experience to learn some lessons and, and put it in behind you sooner rather than later. So. And Julian, as a more veteran player, what do you tell the guys, you know, on the trip home and, and going into practice to, to kind of refocus and reset? Uh, just remind them that, that we're, we're a great group of guys. You know, we have a good team here, uh, and I think we have really good team chemistry. And often in college ball, I think that's what it is. You know, the team that has the best chemistry and the team that is, you know, uh, full of, like, elite human beings and elite individuals is usually going to make it pretty far. You know, uh, talent will, make, uh, will get you pretty far, but, you know, it's the best team that's going to win in the end. So I just remind the guys that. And, you know, a lot of love throughout the team. So, yeah. Well, there's a ton of raw talent on this team, but aside from that, the team chemistry and, and the environment and the culture that's been created around this LMU baseball team, especially this season, has, has been pretty electric. I mean, you can see it during the home games. You can watch it even when you guys are, are on the road. And, you know, Julian, as someone who's come into this program, how do you come out of a, a team like Columbia and come into a team like LMU and start to adjust and really fit into that program and that culture? Um, the programs are actually pretty similar. Uh, my my coach at Columbia was a great guy, a pretty hard-nosed guy, and I would say Coach Schoed and the coaches here are pretty hard-nosed guys. So it, w- it was almost a seamless transition. Um, and, you know, it's, it's about competing. And I think those are messages that are in both programs and that are echoed in both programs. You, know, you got to compete. You know, we're not we're not a bunch of uh, top five-round draft picks. You know, yeah, we have talent, and, yeah, we're, we're good ball players, but you got to compete and you got to lay it all out there. And I think that's what we do. Was that something that kind of attracted you to LMU? Was the similarity in styles and similarity in the coaching staff? Uh, 100% and the warm weather. Can't beat that. <laughs> and Coach Choate, how do you go about you know, bringing in a new guy from a new program, whether the culture is similar or not, and, and really getting them uh, to buy into the LMU way? 
Well, first off, I think identifying players that fit into our style, right? And I think Tony Asaro got on the portal and, and, and found him and Alec. And there was a ton of guys that we talked to, but it was about the right guys, right? And, and guys that could fit in. We talked to their coaches um, who raved about them and we thought that they would be a good fit for what we're trying to do. And you got to give him and Cargan a ton of credit because you come in as a fifth year guy and it's hard to just kind of just take over a leadership role because, you know, you're new to the program. So you got to feel it out for a few months, but you know, respect is earned, right? And those guys have earned the res- the respect of everybody in the program by the way they go about it. And and so that didn't happen overnight. It's just like they didn't come in and go, hey, you're going to be a leader. That developed over time of how they went about their business. So ton of credit goes to Julian, ton of credit goes to, to Alec, ton of credit goes to Tony Asaro, right, for, for finding those guys. And um, we're really, really fortunate that they're here. And they've helped really build on our chemistry and that culture that Julian's talking about. It's a good, I like this team a lot. Like, you know, I'm frustrated when we don't play well, obviously, but it is a good group of guys to be around. It, I mean, they they play hard. They're about the right stuff. And so I think having some older guys, even though they're new to the program, buy in so quickly and ha- kind of echo that stuff, it helps out tremendously. So. Well, Julian, I'd love to hear more about that from your perspective. How do you go about it as someone who's coming into this program, uh, you know, as a transfer, not necessarily in your first year, and really cultivate that leadership uh, with some of these younger guys on the team or some of these guys that have even been here a little bit longer than you? Yeah, it's it's just about coming in and playing hard. You know, really, that's that's what I wanted to, wanted to do when I got here. Uh, you know, I had the warm weather and and I had you know a great group of coaches, uh, great facilities. So all all there was left to do was just play. And I just want to come in and play hard and do my best. And, you know, the more I played uh, hard and the more I practiced and stuff, I recognized, you know, myself as sort of a leader and, and a voice that stood out among my peers. And uh, when I spoke, guys, listen, I thought that was really cool. And, and like Coach said, it's a level of respect. You know, I respect my teammates, my coaches, and they respect me. And I think that's what leadership is about. We talked about the respect and, you know, Coach, you mentioned Alec Cargan as well. You know, Julian, did it help to have someone like Alec Cargan kind of coming in in a similar position to you uh, to really cultivate that respect and that leadership on the team? Yeah, 100 uh, percent. I remember when I first met him, I was like, you know, who, who is this guy? Like, this dude looks like a ball player. And I, w- I was a little intimidated. I don't know if I've ever told him that, but I was a little intimidated by Alec. And, and he is a really good player. He's got a good reputation. He's a really good character dude. He works hard. And uh, I'd say after a week playing with him and hanging out with him, I was like, wow, this is one of, my, one of the best players I've ever played with and one of the best teammates I've ever had. And it's, it's been an honor being able to play with him, and he's a hell of a catcher. Well, Coach, it seems to say a lot about the program and the culture that you've helped build here. You know, if a guy can come in like that or a group of guys can come in like that and fit into the system so quickly. Yeah, you know, I, I just I think when you have people that treat each other with respect and, and you get like-minded people that have a goal and they want to play hard and they want to play the same way and you just have a standard and you hold it, you right? You, you hold that standard and, and everybody holds each other accountable, uh, not just myself, but the players hold themselves accountable. It kind of takes care of itself. You know, those guys make the choice to buy in like we talked about last week. And, and so the fact that they buy in, play hard, play the way that we want to play, um, you know, I think kind of speaks for itself. So. Let's talk a little bit more about Alec Cargan. You know, he was placed on the watch list for the Buster Posey National Collegiate Catcher of the Year Award. Uh, he's been batting really well. His defense has been really solid. Uh, you know, what does this recognition say about him as a player and, you know, as someone just off the field as well and his ability to adapt so quickly to a new program after coming to LMU? 
Yeah, you know, he's, he's a great player. You know, his, his coaching staff, bo- both guys played for great coaching staff before here. So I think that's a big part of it, right? And so he was well-trained and, and he made sure that he wanted to come out in the fall, uh, even with the, the possibility of not having any fall with, with COVID because he thought it was important to catch the pitchers. Um, that, to me, told me a lot about him, that he knew the importance of that. And yeah, he's been great back there. I mean, he, he's taken ownership of, of that position. Um so, yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough about his character, his work ethic. Like I said, both him and Julian, and I don't think it should get lost. They both come from really good programs with really good coaching staffs that kind of help mold them into that over three or four, you know, four years of their career. So we're pretty fortunate to, to reap some of the benefits of it. <laughs> well, Julian, kind of in that same vein, I want to turn back to you. You know, as a leader, how would you describe your your leadership style both on and off the field? Good question. Um, I'd say probably loud. You know, I'm from the Northeast. Uh, my parents are from Jersey and I got I got some Italian in me. So definitely loud, uh, a bit aggressive at times. But uh, like I said before, it's all love. You know, uh, it's not like I'm out here screaming and, and hooting and hollering 24 seven, but uh, I like to bring the energy. I like to like to keep it uh, high intensity and, you know, play with a sense of urgency. And that's sort of how, how I lead, you know, moving around, flying around and having fun, as I say. So, yeah. We've asked everyone that's come on the podcast this question, but what are your goals as a player, uh, not only this season, and what are your goals on this team as a whole? Uh, I just want to be playing playing for something on the last game of the season. That, that's what I'm thinking of. You know, uh, I could sit here and say, you know, I want to play pro ball and I want to do this and, and you know, stats here, stats that, whatever. I, I want to be playing for something on the last game of the season. So that, that's what I'm thinking. And Coach, what are your goals for Julian for this season? I'm going to be playing for something on the last game of the season, right? I, I think that's a pretty good goal. I, I do think um, the, one of the great things about him coming to the West Coast, he's a really good player. He's a professional hitter. And, and I think having the ability to showcase his his abilities in front of different scouts, right, on the West Coast and seeing him against really good competition and really good arms and that he is – he can hit, man. And so – he is earning the right to play professional baseball, in my opinion. So that's one of the things that we talked about when he came here. And I think he is living up to every every bit of that on his end. And so hopefully if we continue to win and we're playing for something at the end, in my experience, the better team you have, the further you go in the season, more guys get a chance to go play professional baseball. So um, those are my hopes for him. Well, this program's certainly no stranger to, to putting guys out into the professional realm there. And Julian, you know, we've talked about the weather on the West Coast. We've talked about you moving west from back east. You know, how has that been for you, that change, you know, to play ball outside all year round? It, it's unbelievable. It's awesome. I actually played uh, summer baseball uh, about a year or two ago in San Luis Obispo. And, and that's sort of when I fell in love with it out here. And, and I liked the brand of baseball that was that was played out here. And when uh, everything first happened with the pandemic, uh, I, I think I sent 40 emails to schools on the West Coast, just sort of feeling it out and saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in the portal and that, I, I think I want to go play out West. So, yeah, it's been awesome. Well, guys, let's shift focus a little bit to, to looking uh, up next. So you guys have played 14 straight games against Pac-12 opponents. Uh, and let's first reflect on that. You know, this is kind of a, a neat opportunity for the West Coast Conference and the Pac-12, especially with LMU schedule, to kind of align. How was it at the end of it, kind of looking back? I know that the games aren't done fully yet, but after this long stretch against these Pac-12 teams, uh, you know, how was that like to, to face so many of them back-to-back? 
Yeah, I, I think it just shows our team when we play good baseball, our brand of baseball, we can play with anybody. Like we've talked about, if we play bad baseball, we can lose to anybody, right? And so I think, I do think it gives our guys a sense of of, of confidence, right? And, and especially hitters facing some elite pitching and, and, and our pitching facing some elite hitters that they realize that, hey, you know what? If I do what I'm capable of doing and if we play the style of baseball that we're capable of playing, we will be in every game and we can beat anybody now. The goal is over the course of the season to do that more often, right? To play that style of baseball and be more consistent doing that. And then at the end of the year, you look up and you see where you're at. So I think it's, it's huge just preparing the guys from a mental standpoint. Like, you know what? Man, we are good. The, the coaches are full of it, right? We, we are a good, good club when we play the right way. So. And Julian, I you know I know you're you're no stranger to winning after having a, a very successful career in college and uh, even before that in high school yourself. But you know how, what is that feeling like for you to play a good school and, and come out on top and know that you guys played your best baseball? Uh, it's it's really rewarding. You know uh, you work really hard and coming from an even smaller school uh, than LMU. You know we played a lot of these these Power Five schools and we would get beat pretty bad sometimes. You know and and to be sitting here seven and seven. You know against some top tier teams in the country, some, some good baseball programs. It's pretty awesome. So, Well, looking forward, you guys now are going to move into more WCC play, a couple uh, other Pac-12 teams kind of sprinkled throughout the rest of the season. But heading in to the first conference series against BYU in just a few days, uh, are you guys looking forward again to playing back in page on home soil? A hundred percent, yeah. Uh, I, th- I think I've gotten a little soft uh, being out here in L.A. The, the warm weather has got to me, and even going just up to Berkeley, I, w- I was a little cold for the night games. So it's going to be nice. Sun will be out, and it'll be a little warmer here. I'm looking forward to it. Coach, how about you? Yeah, it's always nice to be at home, right? Just It's a little bit more comfortable. You know your ballpark. Um, yeah, it's always nice to play at home. What role does that play in that home field advantage, uh, especially after responding to a loss? I don't know if it really does other than maybe you get a little bit more rest, right? Like I told you, we're tired, so we don't need to get on a plane on Wednesday and, and head out to, to Provo. So I think that's a big deal because just where we're at in our season. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about us playing good baseball. It, it really isn't even about BYU. If we play good baseball, if we play LMU Lion baseball, we will be in every game, right, with an opportunity to win. If we don't, we're going to lose to whoever we play. There's a good chance that we could lose. So it's it's more about the playing of the game and how we perform than anything. Well, Coach, earlier in the season, you mentioned that you feel this team is a lot better than some of the preseason conference polls predicted that LMU would be. Uh, does this kind of hang in the back of your mind as you now head into conference play? Yeah, well, it's an opportunity to showcase that we are, right? I mean, we could talk about it. We could say this, but we have an opportunity to show that we're a good club this weekend. I really, honestly, I care about tomorrow's practice, right? Because we got some stuff we got to work on, then Wednesday, and then and then play on Thursday. And so, um, we just need to continue to get better, right? And so, but yeah, if we, I do believe we're a good team, but over the course of the season, we're going to be able to prove that. And so, it's just do we take advantage of that opportunity? How how do we get better tomorrow at practice? And Julian, I'll kind of ask you the same question, you know, seeing some of those preseason polls and, and recognizing some of the talent on this team and having played with these guys now for a little while, uh, or I guess more than a little while now, uh, you know, does this leave you with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder heading into WCC play? Uh, maybe a little bit. Um, like Coach said, we're focused on tomorrow. You know, we're focused on, on practice tomorrow and, and whatever the next pitch is. You know, we don't really need to read the papers or anything or, or look at anything, any publication online. 
you know, we're going to go play our, our brand of baseball and, and it's a good brand of baseball. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. We're very, very excited to watch you guys uh, mix it up against BYU. And we appreciate the time you both took out to, to speak with us today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you very much. Absolutely. If you want to stay up to date with all things LMU baseball, you can follow at LMU Lions BSB on Instagram and Twitter to see what the Lions are up to this season. You can also get an exclusive look into the LMU baseball program by listening in right here on 88.9 FM KXLU each Tuesday at 6 p.m. Or by visiting lmulions.com slash podcasts to relive each episode anytime. And Lions, thank you for joining us for All Access with Nathan Choate. Join us next week as head coach Nathan Choate continues to take you behind the scenes with the LMU baseball program. Until next time, I've been your host, Jonathan Grace. Have a great week, and go Lions!